Hey my dude, hope you're having a good day. Sitting out here in the sun, editing this episode with Nancy Mortify. She does a lot of relationship work. She runs women's circles, does uh, intimacy work with men and women, and is really just a, a beautiful, beautiful woman herself. This episode is at a different tone to what we usually do. Uh, it's we get intimate, we get real uh, with what's going on in our lives. My friend Tashar, who's usually behind the camera, asks a couple of questions and we really look at not losing yourself as you become successful and take on more responsibility. This is really showing up in my life as I um, become more and more of a leader and more and more people look up to me. It's like, how do you stay in touch with yourself so you can continue to give and serve those around you? And we get into how to get past competition and create an intimate relationship with somebody who's on your level. So what that means is an example would be a girl that I'm seeing at the moment. I keep, it's like I'm competing with her every time to have to show up, to be the best, you know, like to be really looking good and performing well and all this sort of shit and not really letting her get to know me or just being real in that moment. And as Nancy explains, that in the long term doesn't really work. So if you're interested in that sort of stuff, having a woman in your life, or women, multiple, whatever that looks like for you, this is a really great episode to have some introspection and go out and try some stuff. See what it works, see what doesn't, and have some fun while you're doing it. All right, thank you for joining us once again, guys, on the Live More, Regret Less podcast. Once again, we've got Tashar behind the camera and Nancy Mortify here. How are you doing, love? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's Super fun stoked. to be here with I you. Know, yeah. I know. I know. How good is the way we connect? It's just I know. epic. So firstly, we're going to jump into it as we always do with our high and low for the week. I'll model that. Okay, um, do that. My low for the week. Um I just did a podcast about an hour ago, so I'm going to choose something different. Um, my low for the week besides that was... Um, I didn't follow through with an agreement that I made with my mum, which was to like stay connected, send her some information. And when I spoke to her on the phone, my mum chooses not to see me with rose-colored glasses on and she calls me out, um, which was probably the high for the week uh, right. in contrast to that. Right. It was like really appreciating that my mum sees me how I am and she would just call me out on my bullshit, which was... Um, Sounds like a great relationship. Yeah, sometimes it does not appear like a great relationship. So <laughs> no. I just be like, what the hell, mum? Like, can't you just like, prove me? Or, like, just be nice to me. Yeah, exactly. And she'll be like, Josh, I'm just like, I'm seeing through your bullshit. And I was like, right. damn it. Yeah. And, you know, I was in a good mood, a good state, I guess, when we had that conversation. And I was like, yeah, I'm hearing you. Whereas if I'm in a bad mood, I'd be like, so I'd be like, oh, what the hell? So great. That's definitely for me. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so highs. Wow. Um, I, I was very excited yesterday because I made a connection with some extraordinary teachers who I'm going to engage as part of the well-being project and what I, I find so fascinating is, is the conversation that evolves, comes out of, of just talking to these people who've been working for many many years with thousands of people 
uh, very deeply and, and how we just have such common ground. So I felt excited about that. I felt uh, uh, optimistic about um, the design of the program that I'm doing. Mm. And so that was really exciting. On a personal level and a low, um, I really had to face this week um, the way that I've been holding my mother. And yeah, talking about mother, yeah. right? Now, my mother's a lovely woman. She's 88 years old. And, and I have had this feeling since I was a little girl that I was responsible to keep my family happy. That I, it was my job to look after my mother and my father and make sure that they were always happy. Uh, there's lots of reasons for that. That's not important, but it was really my carrying of it. It wasn't about something that they'd said or anything that they asked of me. So I took a recent trip with my mom, and when I got back, I had to really face that. This last week I've been working with it. How... Um, there was no way that she could ever show me how happy she is enough to fill that need for me to, to think that I have actually done my job. Mm. So even though she's, she was um, having a good time and she was very uh, you know, lively at times and so on, I needed it to be a certain kind of way in order for me to feel like I was okay in my role as a daughter. Wow. So the low is not about that piece so much as recognizing that I still carry this 65 years. You know, or at least 60 years from the time I was old enough to recognize it, that I've carried that piece. So, Josh, this is an ongoing process. I was about to say, does it ever end? I was <laughs> well, like, <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe when we die. I, I, I still don't even know if that's true. But um, it, it really, uh, it doesn't matter how old you get, you still have those pieces. I still have those pieces that I'm going back and digesting and working with. So... In a way, it was a low, it was, but it was mostly mostly that I just thought, okay, I'm still working with this. Yeah, so, fully. Yeah. Fully. Yeah. Um, so we jumped into, I guess, we found out some stuff about you that we didn't know before <laughs> right. we like started recording. Um, so what are you doing at the moment, Nancy, before we get into the exciting stuff that yeah. you were sharing before? Yeah. What, what's your main gig at the moment? Well, I think what I'm doing now is as exciting as anything I've ever done. And, and really what I will tell you is that um, my life has been all about hop skipping from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And so each time I've been in something that I thought was where I was going to stay for a while, I'd realize, oh, there's something, another opportunity that's presenting itself. Will I go for that? And I've actually been quite uh, daring in the sense that I've gone for new things. And so um, I feel like what I'm doing now is a culmination of all of the different things. So it's been preparing me for where I am. So in answer to your question, I have a, a practice private practice where I do mindfulness, intimacy, and well-being mm -hmm. with uh, individuals, men and women, and couples, and uh, groups. I love doing group work too, so I bring people together for a retreat and we go deeply into what it means to be authentically ourselves. We look at some of the patterning that we carry that doesn't serve us anymore, um, and communication and relationships. So that's my big deal. The other piece that I do is I work with, I'm the Dean of a program, the Inner Development Program of the Wellbeing Project. And it's a global project uh, that brings together social change leaders from around the world. And not addressing their leadership qualities or their scalability of their organization, but really their inner life. So it's, it's having them have a look at what's going on inside. Most of these folks are doing the are addressing the causes that they are because of a personal experience that has left its own mark inside them, mm. and so they're dealing with that 
as they get on in their in their work. And so we look at how to address the inner life. And do you find that that gets lost as people become more successful in the things that they're working on? take over their lives you know they, they have success in these areas that they've worked so hard for yeah. and the self gets left behind absolutely josh absolutely because when you start something that you're so passionate about and you're driven and you know in this kind of a case where they're looking taking big world problems on they're really moving the dial from no this isn't possible to yes and we're going to show you how we can do it so that journey means that you're married to your work mm. and this is the problem it's not a problem in the beginning. It's a necessity. You have to be that, that driven in order to, to make these changes. That as you get going on it, it's very easy to lose the self in it and realize that a, day, a week's gone by and you haven't taken a walk. You know? and as a, as a, <laughs> we literally talked about this last night. Right, for okay. me, lightning, to just take sure. a breather and go for a walk in the bush. Well, as a, <laughs> as a social entrepreneur myself, I can say I really know what that was like for me. Whereas I was so driven with my music festival, for instance, that um, I would be at the table with my daughters, the phone would ring, I'd just jump up to take the call because I assumed it was so, it was so mm. important. Um, I would uh, um, com- uh, compromise my physical health because I was so you know, stuck in my office doing my work. So I, I really understand how these folks have, have gone that route. So, and their relationships have suffered and their relationship with themselves has suffered. They no longer know who they are. So I know what that feels like. And I, I'd be happy to talk about the journey to self mm. because I think that is what, what all of you young men and young women are really on the journey to do. There's no other journey to do, I don't think, actually. It's the, it's the journey to self. And then when you have the capacity to be in relationship with yourself, you have the capacity to be in relationship with others. Mm. So your questions about how to communicate with, with uh, women you know, in your case, or a man, you know, it is all about that. Yeah, absolutely. For me. Yeah, yeah. And I can really, like, I find it very easy. You know, again, I was talking about it with the lads last night. Like, I find it easy to communicate with men yeah. um, because I've, you know, worked at it a lot. And I just haven't really been around or put myself in situations to be like that with women right and you know what i mean and like i've just been sort of traveling be a bit of a player like the last couple of years you know just having oh, like, okay. lots of fun and then just like and then you like humble player actually <laughs> like get into a situation where it is um the ability to open up and i guess be vulnerable or let somebody in mm-hmm. and it's like oh shit i don't know how to do this <laughs> like well i would say you actually do know how to do it and you're doing it right now okay so that's how it starts. It's just understanding that you don't really know how to do it and then taking a stab at it. So how I, how I found it, was how I came to this work in the beginning, was that um, like most of us, um, I didn't want to go to do deeper personal work until I was forced to by life. Most of us don't choose to take um, a dive into places that aren't ego-enhancing unless we have to you know I mean and it's painful and it's and it's difficult and so uh, although I was a seeker and I was very interested in spirituality and and um, and deeply interested in spheres out you know outside and how to actually elevate myself out of this world into other places um, it became clear that my job on this in this incarnation was to be here with my feet on the ground and actually have an experience here fully 
as a human incarnated in this body and this doing this thing this life so um so how that showed up it was that i was very much into the light very much into um you know seeing the world as a beautiful place and and not really wanting to actually go to the places where of hurt and despair that i know were, were around me it doesn't mean that i did i was completely in my head in the sand but i for myself personally i i, I felt that optimism and and lightheartedness was really what people wanted to see mm. and that's what i should be like right always seeing the brighter side the rose-colored glasses you talk about with your mother <laughs> she takes off and she's talking to you <laughs> Well, I had them on a lot of the time, and in some ways it served me. It helped me take risks. It helped me jump into things, um, and in other ways it didn't, and it didn't serve me in relationship. And so when I was going through a divorce, a painful divorce, I realized that um, that I, I, I was no longer in a place where I could see it as another person's fault. I really had to see that it wasn't just because I'm, I'm doing everything, you know, I'm being this great person, but the partner's, you know, screwing up or not being available, you know, being the kind of way that you're talking about with other people. Like, mm. why aren't they more like the kind of people I want to hang out with? And I had to really look at my part in that union. And it wasn't very comfortable. So I took about six months where I really... Uh, I, I moved to a small island off of the coast, Maine Island, okay. and I rented a little house there on the water. It was beautiful. Um, and I spent a lot of time screaming, pounding, <laughs> <laughs> dancing, writing down lists of all the places where I had been hurt and all of the disappointments that I experienced. And I really dove into all of the place that was not about lightness at all, but it was really about darkness. And then I went through that list and I went, I looked at it and I went, where was I when these things happened? Where was I when I felt so hurt by the behavior of another person? Why didn't I stand up for myself and speak up? Why did I just cower or, or assume that it was my fault or... or um, blame them or you know um, be small why didn't I stand up and say you know this isn't okay or if it just doesn't change I'm out of here well that that opened up a whole can of worms and made me really look at my whole life and how I had had bought a certain pattern of behavior um, and a lot of it was around looking good mm. so I had to to not look good for a while. I had to take a deep dive into, into dark shadow work, I'd call it. And that's the kind of work that I do with the people that come to see me. Mm. I help them. I hope that they would say that, that I'm gentle and kind when I do it. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> tough stuff. It's tough stuff. Um, and I, it's the most important work I've ever done. So I can't stress it enough how important it is for us to to really look beyond the way that we think that we are and we think that we'd like others to see us to be, to who we really are. And actually, ultimately, that's much more interesting for others. Hmm, 100%. And so what is it that you do, who do you work with at the moment doing that with? Well, I work with, I, I love working with young men and women. That's lots of fun because they're, they're, questions about life and, the, and their stage is very different than it is when you're in midlife. 
Um, so I get lots of women and men in my in midwife too, and couples who have been together for a long time. And I get, but I'm getting more and more younger people, which I find exciting because they're they're asking those deep questions. They haven't got as many years of patterns behind them as well, so they're uh, open to trying something new. So I think that's really exciting. Um, and uh, so th those are mostly who I work with. But of course, in the Wellbeing Project, most of the, the uh, entrepreneurs that, that we see are very seasoned, well-established well in their work. So many of them are a little bit older. Some of them are transitioning out of their work and so on. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a lot of different kinds of people that I work with, which makes it very exciting. And from all kinds of different cultures. So what is that, um, what would a typical, I guess, session look like with a young man or woman? Yeah. Um, in this, so like with Stephen Mansfield, the guy that I interviewed just before. Right. Very manly man. Yeah. And, um, you know, before I started, I was like, mate, um, so the way that we do this is it's like, if you want to call me out, if you, I say something that you think you want to jump into, like I'm in doing the trenches, I'm in the trenches doing the work. And like, you know what I mean? You like this, that's what this is about. The, right. This podcast, everything that we're doing is like, Wonderful. just share, like sharing what we're doing and how we're figuring it out. Yeah. So if you want like to do an example with me or like right. whatever, like how would, you, how would you work with someone and why would someone our age come to you right. to... How okay, would, how okay. Well, here's an example. Um, someone came to me, a young man, who said, uh, I really want to attract someone who's more like me. I was like, shit, that's me. Don't name me names. No, no, no. Yeah, he said, you know what? I keep meeting these people who are so shallow, these women that shallow, they don't, they don't, you know, they want to party and they're not really interested in the things that I'm interested in. And, and um, uh, I want to go into deep questions about reality and who, what it is to be human and, and all these. And, and they shy away or they're afraid of that. And so very quickly in their relationship, they, they kind of move on or they're just, you know, they, they don't want to be there. So, on the surface, you'd think, oh, they're in the wrong place, ask, you know, being with the wrong people. But I don't believe that's true. I believe that we are always exactly in the space, place we're supposed to be, and we're with exactly the right people. And what it is, is that we're not being who we fully are. <sighs> I know, it's personal responsibility. Uh, the two words that most people want to run away from the <laughs> furthest. <laughs> And, uh, I regret nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, really being able to see that um, all of this is up to us, and that is one of the things that we, we you can learn. That the great spiritual traditions do teach this at its core: that you are responsible for your actions, and you are um, uh, the only one who's coming. You said nobody's coming to help me. It's true. Mm. There, there may be others who help as guides, people who you will attract that that are are wonderful to to um, work with and ultimately I have to show up for myself and I have to look after those hurt places in myself and I have to come forward with somebody and take the risk and say this is who I am I'm interested in this this is what I'm hungry for and take the risk that they're gonna go whoa too much for me that's the biggest of the fear that stops me from saying Absolutely. things is like it's like, am I, it's the fear of rejection or inadequacy. Of course. And it's of like, course. I'm so brave and courageous in other areas of my life. And this yeah. will literally stop. It's like I'm hitting yeah. a wall. Oh, you know, I the, really the fear hear is so you. Deep. Yeah. yeah. 
I, and I've been exactly the same way. And don't get me wrong, I still have moments of that now. These patterns don't go away just because you get older and you understand them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they just don't catch me as often as they do you. That's all. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, one of my big patterns was wanting to look good at all times. So that meant knowing what to say, being funny, smart, um, you know, not being left uh, you know, looking like I didn't know what was going on, right? Yeah. Can you relate? Yeah, <laughs> totally. So you meet new people and you're, this is the thing about, about online um, social media is that you can text and look really great. You know, you can think about mm. what you want to say. Mm. You can do an email mm. and, and be, you know, prepare yourself and have the right jokes and the things to say. But when you actually sit across the room from somebody or across the table from somebody and you have to have a conversation with them, you don't have that preparation time. You just have to show up. Yeah. And if you're showing up trying to be looking good, like I used to do, and, you know, try and do that, what happens is two things. One is that um, you have a sense that that's what people want from you. Like I felt that way. I always thought people thought that because I was sort of t I showed up as being together, kind of aware, um, uh, confident, all the things that I really didn't feel inside, but it, but I was putting that on so that people could see that. Um, two things happened. One is that I thought people wanted that, so I kept it up. And the other thing that happened was that people moved away. Now, on the one side, on the surface, people come closer because they think. You know, it's great to be around a confident person and, you know, want to, want to rub shoulders with somebody who who's, seems to have some power in the world or is doing something that's interesting. That is true to a point, um, but when you want intimate relationships and when you want intimate relationships, it doesn't go that way. What happens is that people feel like they're, they, they, they can sniff out that it's not really real. So authenticity is an aphrodisiac. It's an it's a, a tractor. Even when you think you look small, it's some of the times when my husband has been the most attractive to me. It's been when he's come to me and said, "I just I need you to hear my little boy. He's hurting about something that's happened, and I just need to have you hold him for a little while, and listen to him speak." Now that happened really early in our relationship, and the MKP is really a great place for men to learn how to do that with each other. I gotta tell you though, when you bring that to a woman, it is like honey to the bear. And it's not because it makes you look weak or small, it's because you look authentic and real and, and vulnerable. Vulnerability is such an attractor. I didn't know that, and so I went through in my relationships, always wanting to look like I was you know, always wanting to be sunny and always being happy and being this way. And honestly, I'd come home from parties, and I bet you can relate to this. You come home from a party after being that way all night, it's exhausting. I used to come home, I just, I just want to curl up under, in, under the covers because I thought, this is, I can't, it's so tiring keeping up this, this front. And so I started being a little more authentic, being a little more risk-taking, being able to say, like I've said to you, about the issue that I was dealing with with my mother. I mean, I, that's not looking very good. I should be at this stage in my life, maybe me will say, oh yeah, I've, you know, we got a really great relationship and it's all perfectly. It is and it isn't for me. It's not about her at all. So it's, a, it's about, for me, it's been about being willing to say I'm, I'm afraid. You know, coming to my partner and saying, 
I have something I want to talk to you about and I feel scared. Right away, he's got much more interest than if I say, I got to talk to you about something that you're doing. It's not working for me that you do this. You know, when you do this, I feel, you know, it's always that's about the other person. And so what I work with with the, with the people that come to see me is helping them to be able to speak with nice statements, of course, we know that that's important, but also to just come from inside. So I'm, I'm feeling afraid that we're in trouble in our relationship. Or I'm afraid, I, I, I'd love to um, spend time with you, and sometimes I feel like I don't have anything to say. How would that be? Wow. I mean, as a woman, I can tell you, if a man comes to me and is saying, well, this is great, I, I really like to spend some more time with you, um, I want to get to know you, because you know, sometimes I feel like I don't know what to, what to ask, and I get kind of tongue-tied. I would say, wow, me too. That makes me feel connected to you. Not like, yeah, well, you know, let's go out sometime. It's like, how can I match that? Except if I go to my place where I'm being that way too, and then we're nowhere. <laughs> Is this relating to you? <laughs> yeah. So Jeez. it's hard. It's hard to do it. And it, yeah, I'll tell you, it's easier as you get older because you just don't want to bother anymore. That's one thing that happens with age is that at some point I have found, and you're probably getting to that place now. It's all great when you're in your 20s, but when you start to move into your 30s, as you, I don't know how old you are 24. now. 24. 24, <laughs> you got a ways to go. Okay. <laughs> but you have a head start. You have a head start, Josh, because you're asking the questions. You're doing the, you know, the difficult work with, uh, with men. You're, you're looking at other forms of masculinity than the one that we've, we've been taught by our society and by others. So you're, you're well on your way. Um, and uh, and that's the good news. But when you that's get the to, bad news, <laughs> no, no, it's the good news. It, the, the, the bad news might be you might see it as the bad news is that it's sometimes you can feel alone mm. because it feels like others that you're are your age aren't really there yet. Mm. And so I'm so grateful for yeah. Desha, you know Dashar yeah. and my friend Luke and the other guys like. Yeah. I spent a lot of years feeling so lonely, mm. you know, and I don't think mm. I've felt more confident um, in my ability to do what I'm setting out to do than when we like, wrapped up last night, you know, just mm. unbelievable. Not yeah. that it's not going to be hard, but like, uh, I'm not alone. You're not you alone. I, I really, there's two things I think that I see with more, with what people want to know. They want to know they're not alone. They are alone ultimately, as you know, but they're not, they have a sense of belonging. Mm. It's a pro well, and the sense of belonging, um, and that they're okay. I think all of us are yearning to belong. We want to belong, so that's why we try and be part of these different groups that we're in. And, and uh, I want to belong, and I feel safer when I feel I belong. So, uh, yeah, I really get that. And having comrades around you who are on the path makes a huge difference. And the way you find them is not looking for the people who aren't fucked up, as you'd say. You're looking for the people who are willing to be vulnerable about their fucked upness. So those are the ones that you want to get. And the way you get them is by being that way yourself. So you have to mo I have to model vulnerability if I want someone to be vulnerable with me. If I go in looking like I've got it together, I don't even do that in my sessions with people. 
when I'm working with somebody across there who's feeling pretty vulnerable because they're in trouble, they're in a crisis or they're not, you know, things aren't working well at work or relationship or whatever or on themselves or worried about stuff. If I come in there looking like I've, all, I've got it all together, they're not going to feel like they belong. They're not going to feel like they're, that, that I see them, <laughs> that, that, that it's real. Mm. So, so I go in and I tell them about how I've suffered and how I, and I'm challenged. And it's not about me, but it's about that I understand because it, as much as I can without being in your shoes, because I've already been on that journey too. I can't believe what you were saying. Actually, what you're saying relates to me, and especially uh-huh. with that, Great. I will go before I enter somewhere. You know, yes. so I'm going to go like talk to some people, mm-hmm. or I'll just, I pretty much like brush myself off, yes. subconsciously, yes. and I'm like, okay, compose. Then we enter. Right. Not entering as I really am probably feeling inside. So there's yeah. a place for that, and it's great that you know how to do it. You know, I tell people all the time, the patterns that we've created from early childhood to cope with life Mm. are the ones that we're talking about that we carry on that don't work very well in intimacy. However, there's places where they really work well. So if if taking power and being a, you know, a guy in in charge has helped you in the past when you felt so powerless in your life, then when you go into an interview, you can bring him up Mm. and he can be there and you can look confident. It's probably not the place you're going to want to look vulnerable. You know, because you're not really trying to be intimate with that person. You're trying to get a job. So you're showing a part of yourself that's, that you're glad you've got in your pocket and you can bring out. And so then, then that person can, can be there. But when you take that person back home and you try to have a relationship with a, with a, a significant other and you're in that way, that same mode. Well, it's like you, you were saying, like, I show up like this, like... Psh- and yeah. then the other person's like, oh, shit, I have to match that. Exactly. And then nobody get. then you can't meet in the middle. Like. No, that's right. You're doing this, a seesaw. And, and then the other thing that happens is so when, when a person looks like they're really looking good and, they're, and you feel small because of the way they're being, or it seems like that in relationship, you know, showing, then you're not going to like that very much. And that's where victim consciousness comes in. You start to feel like a victim to this person who seems to be got more power. And when people are in a place of being a victim, they don't like it. And so what they do is they find a way to victimize the other. So in relationships, what they do is they find a way to put the other person down. And then when that other person feels pushed down, they want to figure out how to get themselves up. So they withdraw, they pull away, or they have an affair, or they do something where the person, the other person then is shrunk down to a, a, a smaller place. Mm-hmm. And then the South Seesaw. What we want is we want horizontal relationships, don't we? That's what you want. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm not, not really sure how to get there. <laughs> well, one of the mantras you can have is I want to have someone in my life who's on the path. And I don't need them to, this is, this is me, I, so I said this. I don't need them to be ahead of me. I don't need them to be more together than I am. I just want them to be as committed to learning about who they are as I am. I want them to be as eager and as hungry for um, self-realization as I am. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything more than that. And you know, when you start putting that out, laws of attraction, my friend. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm all about the attraction. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You like the attraction part. <laughs> <laughs> well, like attracts like, and you know, when people who are lucky tend to keep being lucky. Um, Have you got any questions? Oh, okay. Uh, 
So, like you were talking Sorry, about... Sorry, I didn't realize we were doing a three-way no, here. We, we just, I thought that we might as well just get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. I'm happy. So, like, like you were saying that uh, you have, we have these different parts to ourselves and then we can bring them up. Is Do you think life is just about balancing these paradoxes? Or, like, realizing that you are not just your patterns and you're, like, an infinite being that can take on any patterns that you want, which basically serve you? So just realizing that there, there are different ways of being and adopting them for the situation in hand and just being present with them. Right. Well, you can take on personas. You can create a persona that you want to have for a certain situation. I think that's, I mean, just like we talked about going into a job interview, the, the tricky part is knowing that it's a persona that you're just taking on for a short period of time. You know, um, this is why we're also upset about Donald Trump because he believes his own propaganda. Mm -hmm. It's so it seems. We don't know what right. it's like when right. he gets into bed at night. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he suffers and says, oh my God, that was terrible what I did today or how I said that. But I'm the president. I've got to be this guy. Right. You know, we don't know that. But what I do know is that he's a human being like all of us and he gets caught by his patterning just like I do. And if I'm caught in my patterning, I am no better. So you can have those personas that you need to use for a certain, like a role, right? Mm -hmm. If you're an actor, you go out and you play that. As long as you know that's what you're doing, it's consciousness. Right. It's all about consciousness. Am I aware of where I am and what I'm doing right, right now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a relationship with you, do I want to see that, that persona that you put on? No, I want to see, I want to see you. And it's not necessarily the small, tiny boy you, mm -hmm. necessarily. It's the loving, open-hearted you. Right. The one who's willing to take a risk and not look great, but be vulnerable with me. Right. And uh, so, like, on a daily basis, do you mm -hmm. have some kind of a meditative practice that you do in the morning or, like, something like that, which keeps you, or sets the tone for the day and keeps yeah. you aware? Yeah, that's a really good question. A lot of people find that really helpful. I... Um, I have done many different kinds of meditation over the years. I've learned from many different teachers, ways to do it. Vipassana, as you described earlier, or, or talked about, is a great one for being aware of what's happening, noticing sensation in the mm -hmm. body. So I've used that one a lot, and noticing what's happening right now, how am I, I... But the piece I've gone to more than even with that is how am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Because my work is all about how am I feeling, and that's the only way I know to get into my body as opposed to into my head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. I've had lots of time in, where I've been really in my head and thinking my feelings. I think I feel sad. Instead of thinking, oh, oh God, I feel grief. Like, it's in my body. It's mm -hmm. real. So having a meditation where I can go into what I'm feeling, emotions, I find that the most powerful of all. Now, if you want to know an app that's really awesome, is Headspace. Yeah. Yeah, you've tried it? Yeah, yeah I've used it. So I give that suggestion to everyone I work mm -hmm, with. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not for everybody, but what yeah. I like is it's just a normal guy talking yeah. a normal language. It's not all the kind of airy-fairy stuff right. that usually accompanies those mm -hmm. meditation <clears throat> takes, which are fine, but that's not the same. It's a different style. Right. I find just the plain talk is really helpful. So you feel... So like yes, you, the answer is yes, but not just once a day. It's like whenever I feel so like, what's going on? Whenever, you want, right? whenever yeah. I'm feeling like I'm out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is the definition. When I'm in... I can feel myself. I have an emotion. I'm, I can feel the sensations in my body. When I'm out, wondering how you're thinking about me mm -hmm. or what, what I think is going to happen next, then I'm, I'm out of my body and 
so then the, the first thing is I can feel differently. Mm -hmm. You know what that means? Mm -hmm. That when I feel, you feel a sensation like, oh God, I'm not at home. Right. <laughs> oh, how do I get back home? Mm -hmm. In the breath. Yes. Right. And it's an it's a momentary meditation that brings mm -hmm. you back in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's so interesting. Sounds like you're doing that already. Yeah. I'm, right now I'm just feeling my soles of my feet. Yeah. So I feel like that always brings me home. Absolutely. Um, that's so cool. Yeah. So great. When you said like these, you so with, with vipassana you can you can feel the sensations, and it's like not labeling them as not putting a judgment on them, but just like feeling them as they are. And then you said like you that's one way of doing it, and the other way is like you actually feel it, and then you do label it like right. grief or like yeah. whatever emotion you're feeling. And I find like like with the masculine and feminine roles, I feel like if we're like because everyone has a masculine and a feminine essence to them, like, or like a spectrum of it. So, mm -hmm. like, right now I'm expressing myself, so that's maybe a more of a feminine, like, a m more in my feminine energy. So, I've, I'm tr like, I've read a little bit about it, like, Vipassana, or just staying in stillness and just consciousness observing, mm -hmm. is more of, like, a masculine role, and then mm. feeling, or, like, a dynamic meditation, or where you're moving and flowing, right. that's more of a feminine... Well, that's so interesting you should say that because for me it's almost the opposite. Mm -hmm. To me, I think that being out in the world is and, and is more the yang, is more the masculine side where I'm uh, taking action. Right. I'm speaking about something with you that's taking kind of an assertive place. When I'm in my real feminine side, I'm receiving you. Mm -hmm. So I'm receptive. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm not just looking at you and thinking, what am I going to say next? I'm thinking, oh, I can feel this man. And I'm hungry for more. Curious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that is the receptive, the dark part of the yin yang. That's the yin, receiving part. And so when I'm with that with myself, that's my more feminine side. Is when I'm receiving myself. Yeah. Awesome. So the meditation that I think is really helpful uh, practice that I I work with myself is is label is mindfulness is my definition which is not my own own one but it's the one i like the most is a moment-to-moment -moment awareness mm -hmm. of how my thoughts feelings and those patterns that i've created are affecting my behavior so at any given moment it's like something comes at me you say how are you doing you don't look you're looking tired okay so i hear that oh i have a feeling mm -hmm. get a hit what is that what is that Oh, it sounds like my mother or my, you know, my partner or somebody said that to me at work and, it, and I, my feelings were hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I have to go, oh, but wait a minute, this is a shot. This is not the same person. Oh, how do I want to behave in this moment? <sighs> Come home. Thanks for, for asking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what? I am feeling a little tired. <laughs> See the difference? Mm -hmm. We're not reacting, we're responding. Ah, that's true. Like with women especially, you should never react. Or like always be responding and like feeling what you, I guess with people in general. Well, never is a hard thing to ever live up to. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're all going to do that. I, right. I, I react to, you know, I get a phone call from somebody and I, I feel a reaction. I mean, that's, that's natural, that's human. I don't mm -hmm. think we... The goal is not to be no, no longer human, it's just to be more conscious and have it happen less and catch yourself sooner so that we can now make a different choice. It's all about choice, about being you know, in a different place. Yeah. And you think like meditation helps with 
being aware of these choice points during your day-to-day -day life. And what you said about feeling your feet, mm -hmm. bingo. Right. When I feel my feet, when I feel my pelvis sitting here in this chair, right. I'm home. Yeah, and when I'm home and grounded, I can take on life in mm -hmm. a way that I can't. If I'm up here thinking, what's going to happen next? Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Got another question? Where do you want to go? 100%. Welcome. Great. Great. Okay, yeah. one last personal question. Oh, sure. Okay, so I'm meeting up with this girl tonight, and uh, she just got out of, like, a bad relationship. And it's going to be, like, our first time meeting, and I told her, like, I'm interested, and she's like, this is going to be a friendly coffee, but I can feel she's interested. So do I, how do I go about it? Like, just... Just stay with her and like. That's, that's the clock. <laughs> um, the ancestors. How do you? So I, we'll just let the clock be. Yeah, it's only. So like someone who's been hurt and yeah. like I, I guess mm -hmm. everyone's been hurt in relationships, but mm -hmm. someone who's made sure like they've been hurt and. I am interested to get to know this person. Like I'm curious mm -hmm. about them because they're on the same path of self-realization. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. doing that inquiry. They're reading the same books as me. So we had this connection. That's why right. I was like, I like I should pursue it. Right. And yeah. I don't know if I should be like. Yeah, I don't know how to go. My about question it. would be: <laughs> What are you afraid of? Uh, them thinking that I'm uh, like I'm too interested. But because I am interested, and uh, I don't know, coming off of us, like... So what I'm hearing maybe? is you're thinking yeah. a lot about what the other person's thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. and, and that always gets us into trouble, because when we get lost into where they're at, mm -hmm. we forget where we are. Right. And also another thing that I hear what you're saying is, and this has been a real challenge for me in relationship and my life, is having good edges and boundaries. Mm -hmm. So knowing where I am and where they are and knowing what, how I feel about things. So if I go into a relationship, a, a, an encounter like that where I'm afraid that they're going to want something from me that I'm not able to give, mm -hmm. and that may be some of what you're saying, I'm not sure, but that, if that was what I was afraid, I'm only afraid because I don't think I can hold myself in the face of it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm, I'm going to be able, I'm afraid and I'm not going to be able to say, gee, it's really great to get to know you and it sounds like you know, for me, um, we're in a different place. Right. You know, I'm, I'm kind of in a different place than what I'm hearing you say. And being that okay with that. Mm -hmm. I guess just facing the fear and learning from it. Yeah. Like, and the only way we can do it is by being afraid. Yeah. And not running away from the mm -hmm. fear. I mean, in, in my work, I consider fear a friend, an ally. When fear comes, I know something else is up. Something important to pay attention to, right? The compass. Yeah. Yes. So you can just be there, using your example, open-hearted, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. able to receive where another person's at and know that you don't have to do anything you don't want to. You don't have to get more engaged than you want to be. You don't have to commit anything that you don't mm -hmm. want to. And when you really have your feet on the ground and you know that, I have a feeling you'll be able to be beautifully engaged and present with this mm -hmm. person in a way that might surprise you. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah.
This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? You know, it's really fun. And it, it's, it's a fun and difficult journey, but it, it, there's a lot of moments where you go, oh, wow, there's me again. There I am doing what I did. You know, and then going, okay, what's another well, choice? Well, that is not what my inner dialogue is like. No? It's like, you fucking did it. You fucking did it yeah, again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You well, fucked that's... up. And then it's like, oh, maybe I'll have another chance. Yeah. And it's like, I just, th- I feel like I just missed the opportunity. You know what I mean? Well, that like, is the most, one of the most damaging characters that we carry around with us is the judge. My judge has been so strong in my life where I have felt that before I got the words out, I was already judging myself for what I was going to say. Got it? Yeah. And, well, did you wear the right outfit? Did you do the, you know, did your hair look okay? You know, did you have something you could say? You know, all of those back up. No, you didn't do that. Oh, you should have said this. It could have done that. And even when I've tried to say something intimate, which right. I did recently, like, yeah, like, like the oh, first what time. a loser, right? I was just <laughs> like, I was like, that did not come out the way I thought it was going to, like, I know, I was just like... <laughs> So what would it be like instead, I know the judge is another thing, you know, we do a lot of work with a judge, right? He's just some, the judge is a part of you, as a character inside you that actually helps you a lot. My judge makes sure that I don't step out into the highway without, or on the road to make sure that with them, when there's traffic. Like as simple as that. My judge also says, is this a safe place to, for me to be emotionally with, you know, in a situation? So my judge it has discernment, and that's really helpful. Should I wear a coat today? Is it cold enough? You know, I mean, very simple things and profound things. Is this a job that's going to be too much for me to take on? But the other <laughs> judge with the big stick saying, you're not ever going to be able to do that. And that's the judge that we want to have a conversation with. And so I have had to build a new relationship with that judge part of myself, and so will you if you want to take on that piece. So that, that he's not, or she's not, whoever the voice is, is not hammering away you all the time. And that when it happens, it's like, my judge is always over here. Duly noted. I, I hear what you're saying. I'll be careful. Thank you for your words. And I'm going to make a different choice and go for it anyway. And I'm going to say to this person, who I feel like I said something really goofy to, wow, I, I really feel, you know, I'm a little embarrassed. I, I wanted to say it another way, and it came out this way. And can I go? Can I have another turn at that? Can I have another stab at saying something? Hectic. But my, my your heart. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that's when we build allyship in our relationship instead of <laughs> instead of people who are needing something else from us or we we project onto them. We actually build people, bring people into our lives that that we can help grow with mm. and learn with. Okay, we'll report back next week. Yeah, okay, okay, good. <laughs> oh, excellent. Okay, um, so we're going to wrap up with okay. two questions. Sure. Um, firstly, what is something that you love to indulge in that's like it may be a treat for you or maybe it's a reward after hard work? Some people love cigars. Some people love a particular type of chocolate. Um, you know, how does that little physical thing show up in your life oh well i do love chocolate and uh i've been known to have chocolate when i'm uh as a reward um although i'll have it as any time um so is there a particular brand of chocolate oh well um yes my nephew who who uh 
um, represents a company that brings in calico chocolate from Europe is he would want me to say that <laughs> um, I like dark chocolate but no it's more than chocolate it's um what do I want what do I do um, I I dance okay yeah I don't have to even have music on I just want to like yeah wow this is great oh you know or go for a run or go for a walk outside i want to find someone i can share it with mm. so i'll usually find peter because he's my reliable ally <laughs> and uh and he'll and i'll say i just have to share this with you i'm so excited mm. that's what it means when you have an ally as your partner mm. not someone you're competing with or you know so that's how that's i like really to do cool. it when i feel excited okay and i could do it with you too i could yeah, just tell you how excited well, i feel yeah we could and what about um, the? Let's go back to the chocolate thing. So, what's this nephew's chocolate? Oh, <laughs> well. Because I'm a huge fan of cacao chocolate as well. So. Oh, fill okay. Us in. Do you know you know cacao cacao chocolate? Oh, it's cow cow. I thought yeah. you meant cacao as in. Oh like, no no no. Um, cow cow chocolate. You know what, is this what it's might called. not be a good idea to have this on your podcast. <laughs> An ad for something in particular. <laughs> I can show Everyone you. Everyone loves chocolate. Yeah, I can. I'll I'll, I'll give you some after we're done. Um, yeah, I do. Um, I do like to, you know. And and when my little girl, because I always my little girl is really excited, or sometimes when she's really been hurt, ice cream. Ice cream. Coconut ice cream. Okay, cool. That's a great. Love the healthy great, versions. Yeah, that's how we roll. Yeah. That's how we roll. Yeah, yeah. Bacon ice cream. We've got a, a virtuous pie around the corner now. Oh. It has wonderful. Yeah, wonderful coconut based ice cream. Dangerous. Okay, and really finally, yes. Um, what are three action steps that a guy could take this week? To know that he's like he just feels, man, I lived more and regretted less this week. Showing up as he is, showing up authentically. I've never regretted at the end of a week when I've really shown up authentically. I've regretted many times when I haven't. Mm -hmm. So I would say that for a guy at the end of the week, if he's had three times where he's actually um, shown up authentically and shared himself, like your friend's going to do tonight. Hey. <laughs> When really being authentic and and speaking from the heart, um, you can't go wrong with that. You don't regret it. It's not. That it's it, it, it's so much more important than whether you did the right thing. It's it's whether you were actually being who you are. Beautiful, great way to wrap it up. Thanks, Nancy. You're so welcome, Josh. Thanks for asking. Just going to swiftly wrap this one up here. If you loved it. Go leave us a review. I know I ask every single freaking time, man. But it doesn't take that much time. We really appreciate it. It makes a big difference for us. Uh, getting Climbing those ratings. Listening to what you like, what you dislike. So we can tailor this. Because it's about you, baby. We go on this journey together. In the motherfucking trenches. Let's do it.